It's Friday, April 29th. It's slightly different uh, beginning than what you're probably normally used to. And that's because... That's my iPod. I am cruising down Interstate 80. Just past Morris, Illinois. And I am on the road, on route, to go visit my brother, who lives over south of south of Chicago. And I'm going to go over there because my niece has her first communion this weekend. And if you live in a Hispanic family, Hispanic Catholic family, like my own, it's a very important uh, kind of step in her life. And it's a good ex- excuse for a party, if you ask me. Anyway, let me get some readjustment here. We're cruising down the interstate. I left... I left my uh, apartment about uh, 11.30 this morning. I got... Oh, got out of there a little later than I planned. Later than I hoped. And this is uh, something I thought I would do on the way. The uh, song that you heard at the beginning uh, to open up this episode, Roadshow, uh, was Long Wave with the song Everywhere You Turn. I'll just have the iPod kind of playing in the background on the car stereo as we go along here. I'll turn it up a little bit. So I apologize about the quality of this this episode. I don't know how well it's going to turn out. But we'll just kind of uh, go with the flow and see what we can do. As I'm getting closer and closer to Chicago, the traffic's starting to pick up a little bit. Probably not the best idea that I do an episode, but... Um, Dang, man, I'm getting a little bored. Not really bored. I hardly ever get bored on on road trips because I'm very much a person that is always looking around and checking things out and looking at the scenery. Some people just look straight at the road and they just it just drones on for them. But I'm I'm really not that type of person. I I really enjoy driving and uh, getting out and, and hitting the open road. As cliche as <laughs> cliche as that might sound or is and be can thing. Uh... I like it. And my family, my family, we, we travel not a, I wouldn't say a lot, a lot, but our family is so distributed across, oh, well, I, I'd say across the world, but more so, you know, the Midwest, that it takes six hours to go see Grandma down in Kansas City, and takes another 10 hours to go see Grandma and Grandpa, my dad's parents, out in Nebraska, and I've got my brother over here in Illinois, and so we're distributed. And then I'm based in Iowa City, but Mom and Dad are an hour north, so always places to go when there's things to be done in the family. Funny thing about Morris is that I had a friend that grew up in Seneca, Illinois, which is just just uh, south of Morris, and I went and saw a movie there, and every time I go past there, I'm like, I saw a movie right off the interstate. So if you're from the Chicagoland area, you will probably know where it is that I'm talking about. And let's see, what are we rolling over to on the iPod here? Oh, this is Year of the Rabbit with the song Vaporize. I really dig Year of the Rabbit.
I'm a Ken Andrews fan. Sue me. I like him. I dig it. Um. So in the last episode, I told you about, and I'm going to try and piece together my thoughts because this is just kind of flying off the seat of my pants, but the whole Amber Alert system in the state of Iowa is pretty interesting, so we're going to do a little bit of an engineering, radio engineering 101, broadcast engineering 101, um, mainly because my, my superior at the station is a uh, pretty important part in, that, uh, in the emergency alert system uh, network. Uh, that for the state. In fact, I want to say he's pretty much was pretty instrumental in, in setting up the plan. EAS, Emergency Alert System. That's the uh, the tones that you hear. You know, this is a test, only a test, and then the tone things. And if this is a real emergency, blah blah blah, impending death, doom, destruction. This is what would have happened. That's the EAS. And when in times of uh, uh, storms, uh, you know. Uh, severe weather. That's what usually goes off and alerts you to the fact that there was some uh, problems with, or there might be like a tornado in your neighborhood if you live where I live. That's for sure. As we are heading into tornado tornado season in the state of Iowa, in the Midwest, actually, I'm in Illinois. And these people have to worry about it too. Um, but since. The EAS was already established for many states. That's where the Amber Alert system has kind of grown into and uh, just kind of become a part of. And it goes even further because the EAS is utilized in many different ways. It's used by your uh, state patrols, uh, your, the National Weather Service uh, offices in your areas, stuff like that. So when the idea for the Amber Alert system came on, it should be simple and just, you know, add it straight into the existing systems and it's just something else that, that goes on and goes out whenever it needs to be. But it's not exactly that uh, that simple. Everybody just vacated the center lane on this one and I don't know what's going on. That was really weird. It's a complete split. There's semi and a couple cars that just totally Okay, we're okay. Alright. Um, driving and talking, it's not hard to do. I just don't want to die, so when things happen like that, I'm going to take the time to deal with the situation at hand and get out of this wolf pack. Good lord. Anyway, uh, building into the existing systems should be simple, but it's not... Um, Especially for the state of Iowa. I'm not sure for the rest of the states. But uh, I do know that Jim, my, my chief, he's gone to uh, different um, meetings for this. And it, it gets kind of... It gets really... Uh, it gets really messy because all of a sudden, you know, post-2001... Uh, up came the Department of Homeland Security. So, and right around that time, we had the Amber Alert system starting to grow, and so all these changes are taking place uh, because Homeland Security they want a better system in place so that way they can use it for, you know, terrorist alerts and stuff like that. And then there's also the uh, the whole um, uh, what want to call it. Um, they want to use it for, uh, you know, the 
missing children. So the whole system isn't necessarily that easy to pull together and, and, and just make work. Because as all these, you know, like I said, you've got Homeland Security, they want to release terrorist alerts, you've got Amber Alerts, you've got the National Weather Service that wants to put out weather alerts, you've got, um, you know, what, whatever else that there is. And there's other people that would like to start other, you know, uh, other systems to, to do different things uh, because they believe that there's a need for them. I don't want to really get into the specifics because I don't think that I should. But it's a, yeah, it's a good idea. My exit's coming up. I gotta take I-55 south for a little while. And I can see it coming up, so I need to do that. Get over here in the lane. Zoom around this semi a little bit. But, um... Trying to check my time here. We're into just under ten minutes. See if I can get around this other truck, because I don't want to be stuck behind him if we have to get on I-55. Um, so, if you can at least understand that these Amber Alert systems are not necessarily 100% uh, effective, just in the sense that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of kinks to work out. So, we are on the off-ramp now, merging on to I-55 South, off of Interstate 80. Please fasten your safety belts. Examine the brochure in the front of your... in the seat in front of you. Actually, I'm stuck behind a semi, so this is going to be a pretty easy merge as long as everybody gets over. In fact, let's turn up the music a little bit. Listen to some uh, Not A Surf, okay? As I merge on here. my guy goes slow. He's going real slow. Uh, you know what? For the sake of what I'm doing here, I'm just going to ride him. <laughs> That's sorry. Um, I'm just going to stay behind the semi and just kind of cruise and take it easy. Because I'm a little over 75% of the way to my brother's house. Anyhow, um... So, a few weeks ago, you probably saw it on the news, it was national headlines for a little while, Jet Set a Gauge. Um, that was a pretty interesting situation because the, the whole situation, she was abducted from her house in Cedar Rapids, and the, missing, you know, the guy was a convicted um, sexual uh, abuser. Uh, he had a history of it, had a record, um, and I, I don't know the details. You can go to your, your uh, you know, whatever major news site, or go to Google News and, and search for Jet Set a Gauge, and uh, get the full story. But she was abducted, and then she was taken to a small town, uh, Kelowna, which is actually a large, has a large Amish community. It's kind of weird that that's where he went, but he also had a... Uh, a pretty decent place that he could uh, take her and, and, you know, hide out there a little bit. And so it was not a good situation. But the missing persons report, I think, went down sometime earlier in the evening. But it was 
little later, about 11 o'clock, that the first Amber Alert started going out. Now the system is, like I said, it's it's still not quite foolproof. Um, you know, it went out uh, late in the evening, and then as it filtered out, um, it wasn't very uh, timely in terms of its release. Um, it should have, you know, as soon as it originated from the, the originating point, which was, I think, should have been the Cedar Rapids Police Department, and then basically what it has to do is it has to be examined and see if it meets the criteria for an Amber Alert, meaning that the child's life is in danger and is in need of, you know, immediate, uh, uh, you know, action for the Amber Alert to be issued. So, it goes from there, and then it gets approved by the, I think, the Iowa Department of Public Safety uh, or Criminal Investigation, I'm not entirely sure. Once it meets the criteria, then it starts filtering out and just passes from station to station. And that's how the EAS works, is it originates from a central point, and then it's like a subcarrier of a, of a signal. Uh, and you have an EAS box in your station that kind of picks up on the tones and then it just kind of pigeon hops, you know, from uh, from each, uh, uh, which one to call it, um, each station, station to station, and goes on to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. So, that, uh, you'll get overlapping. Some people will hear the Amber Alert twice, three times, four times, depending on where you're at. And, you know, if you have weather radios, you'll hear it that route. And um, so it's, it's good in that respect that it's, it's repetitive because it gets the message out. But that system didn't necessarily go, I think, according to plan. Um, I think it, when it was issued somewhere around 11 o'clock, it uh, didn't... Get to, it didn't get out to the, the radio audiences, the radio folks, sometime until about mm, very, very early morning, and then it took a little while after that for it to hit the uh, Amber, Iowa Amble Alert website. So, being that it was in the, in the morning, or I'm sorry, in the very, very you know, late days, uh, or late late in the day when everything went down, it kind of makes sense, but wasn't necessarily the best thing in the world to have happen. And the result was, well, I wouldn't say the direct result of the lack of response in the Amber Alert system was the, was uh, Jet Setta being murdered, more so in the fact that uh, you know we, you couldn't find the girl could not be found fast enough. But, actually, because of the Amber Alert, um, nobody f was able to spot the vehicle because when the Amber Alert goes out, you get a description of the vehicle and you get the license plate number if you have it. That's, those are some of the, the two criteria that you really need for an Amber Alert because if you just say there's a kid missing and you're distributing all this information, it doesn't really help unless you have some, uh, you know, something that can help pinpoint the location of the missing child. So, the, um, the Amber Alert did, uh, the Amber Alert did kind of raise the bell for somebody who knew the guy, 
and had taken, um, didn't know where the guy was, obviously, but they knew, um, or I'm sorry, they didn't, they didn't spot the guy, but they had this feeling that, you know, I saw, or I showed this person this abandoned trailer home down in Kelowna, um, something tells me that he probably has the kid there, and sure enough, you know, they found her, and he has essentially since then been arrested, so, and he faces trial, uh, the trial will actually start in the courthouse that's just up the street from the station that I work at, and, uh, that, that, that shall be interesting to kind of watch, uh, go down, I w- wouldn't put it past, I live in a very progressive community, so I wouldn't put it past, uh, some protesters or something like that to, uh, to show up. Coming up to my exit here, I do believe, I do believe this is my exit, coming up, nope, next one, okay, I'm close. Um, so, yeah, the Amber Alert system is not necessarily there yet, 100%, but... The other fact is that there was uh, another one that was released. Actually, I just read this morning before I left. I was checking the weather. And uh, what's interesting is that on the weather, weather.com, which is the weather channel, uh, the scrolling things at the top for weather advisories or weather alerts, uh, that also displays Amber Alerts. And when I checked the weather for where I'm heading to, um, apparently there was an uh, Amber Alert issued in Illinois yesterday for a child, and that person, uh, the the child was found unharmed, and the person was put into custody that had, quote-unquote, abducted this child. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, just last week we had another Amber Alert in the state, and that one, um, that one went off without a hitch. It went out midday, and by that afternoon the person was found with the child actually originating at uh, the Coral Ridge Mall, which is a mall just uh, just r- very close to where I where I live. Um, but, uh, here's my exit. But the, the mall is very close to where I live, and uh, the child was taken from the mall and was found in just south of Des Moines, unharmed, but uh, met the criteria. They had the make, model, or at least the license plate of the person that they were pretty sure of had, had taken the child, or last seen with the child, and uh, the, the wife, um, he's convicted felon, and the wife was concerned because uh, the, the father had the child, which child... I think he was on parole, and he had just recently started using cocaine again, so there was reason to believe that the child's life was in danger. You can make your arguments about drug users, whatever. But the fact of the matter is is that the child disappeared, wasn't where the child was supposed to be with its mother, and um, now it's... uh, Now the child is back with um, the mother and... That man is in custody. He's a bad, bad man. So as this all gets kind of figured out and um, uh, sorted out, the system gets perfected and worked on and all the kinks are worked out of it, um, 
it's it's getting there. And some states are probably better than others. Um, you know, some states have more money to work with. Uh, this, I think, for the most part, is a completely voluntary po- process. Uh, I know that the old college station where I worked at, we thought about hopping onto the uh, Amber Alert, but I don't think anything came along from it. As a 100-watt college radio station, does that really matter? I don't think it really does, but um, that just kind of goes to show you how voluntary this is. There's not much money being poured into this, except what might be uh, coming down the, the tubes from the Department of Homeland Security, which, who knows, maybe the Department of Homeland Security will ingest the Amber Alert system and make it a part of their protocol. So welcome to Radio Engineering 101 slash politics. It becomes a gray area, and I don't like to get into that. I more so just kind of like to say, this is how it works. And this is, it's really neat to, to see how it's all kind of coming together and, um, and, uh, and operating. And uh, it's a very first-hand experience that I get to, uh, you know, kind of work alongside with, not directly, indirectly with my with my chief so right now I am um, I took I think it's the Wilmington exit off of I-55 and I forget the name I'm looking for signs here but it's a uh, either this is a state park or I'm pretty sure this is a state park that I'm driving through uh, really high fences to try and keep the uh, the deers and they keep the deer uh, off the road as much as they possibly can. Here it is, Displain, or the Deplains Wild Fe- Wildlife and Fish Reserve. Is that right? Or is it Des Plains? D Plains? I don't know. Somebody write me and let me know. Preferably none of my family, because I know you guys are listening. I want other people to tell me things. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very pretty... Um, countryside, very uh, wooded, um, kind of, they try to let as much as they can grow naturally in terms of the, the, um, I guess you could kind of wetlands. The uh, river's not very far over to my right. So, right now I'm kind of driving off of memory because usually I would always do this with some sort of directions with me, but I'm pretty sure I know where I'm going. We're gonna hit these. Uh, good lord! We're gonna hit these uh, railroad tracks. That semi coming at me hit the railroad tracks, and he kind of went into. Uh, there we go. Ugh. There we go. Um, yeah, the semi almost went into my lane. That was kind of scary. And then, as I come up to the stop sign, we start getting into urban sprawl. So I'm almost to my destination. I have to make a right turn here. Let's see, what are we listening to? Uh, let's see, let's go forward one, see what we got. Ooh. Placebo. Placebo's always good. Good stuff. 
I had a chance to see him in New York with the CMJ, I think, music festival. I had, I didn't know enough about them at that time, and on top of that, there is just too much to see when you're out there, when there's, uh, geez, a thousand bands playing in five days, five nights. Um, it's really hard to uh, discern what you, what it is that you want to see and what you have to make the sacrifice to say, no, I won't go see that. One thing I am going to go do is my, my good pals that work at the local newspaper, Deidre and Kristen. We are going to go see The Killers on May 9th in Davenport, Iowa. That'll be good. It's one of the first big shows I've been to in a while. 30 bucks for a ticket, man. Talk about ticket bastard. Uh, but Deidre had, had the, a good idea, and I was like, yeah, you know, let's do it. Let's go ahead and uh, you know, throw down the money and go see the show. So I'll go see that. Call Ballroom. Call Ballroom is where I went and saw my first rock show ever, ever. I saw Starfish, which I wonder where they're at. If anybody knows, let me know. They're from, I do believe, Austin, Texas. Starfish, the Reverend Horton Heat, the Toadies, and the Butthole Surfers. And it was one of the most incredible shows I have ever been to. Maybe because it was my first one. Maybe because I was 15, 16 years old. And I, what I remember the most was just hurting for about three days after I saw the show because I was right up front for the entire show up until about halfway through the Butthole Surfers because I don't, it was loud. By the time the fourth band got out there and I had no ear protection on and uh, it was just insanely loud and they had this effects machine that they were making all these really high pierced frequency noises and by that time I was just drained and tired and I just went and sat down in the back and sat down on the floor because the call is a big place and there's not a lot of places to, to sit so really great show and um, yeah I just hurt I, mean, I hurt and my, my ears were, were ringing for a few days and I learned pretty quick nowadays you know when I go to see shows I'm such an old man, I take earplugs. I'm sorry. I've got to. I want to be able to keep listening to music, music like this right here, you know? Hey Mercedes, our weekend starts on Wednesday. I want to be able to listen to this music when I'm old and gray. And I like to save my hearing as much as I possibly can. So, if that makes me old because I wear earplugs at shows anymore, so be it. But I want to enjoy the rock and roll as much as I can for the rest of my life. And speaking of Mercedes, I'm going to see my grandmother... I haven't seen my grandmother in a... F Let's not talk about how long it's been since I've seen her, because uh, she's been... Well, a little on my case about that one. So... Uh, but she's at my brother's house right now, and I get to go see her, and my grandmother's name 
is Mercedes. You don't pronounce it Mercedes, it's Mercedes. And she's there, and we're going to have some tostadas tonight, and lots of good times. Get to go see my niece, my nephew. And I do believe the rest of them will be rolling in tonight. My other two, my other uh, niece and nephew, and then tomorrow my other nephew comes over. The only other, only person that won't be here this weekend, I do believe, is my nephew Zach. Maybe I'll do an episode talking about what it is that he um, kind of goes through in his life. But he is going into uh, respite care this weekend. He has what is known as Angelman syndrome. Do Google on that. It is a type of mental condition. Um, slow to develop, but one of the most awesome kids that you'll ever meet in your entire life. Very happy, very sweet, very blonde. But that's Zachy, and he won't be here this weekend. That's, he's my seven-year-old nephew. I think seven. I don't know. I got so many of them in the. Within five years, I had six. Well, I had what four nephews and, and two nieces within five years. So, I, I get a little confused how old everyone is. So, I know that makes me a bad uncle, but I try to make up for it in other ways. Anyhow, I am on the home stretch here, and I'm almost to my brother's house. It's coming up on 3 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. An over, uh, overcast, gray, cloudy sort of day. hasn't been too bad for driving. I kind of have a, you know, I'm a wussy when it comes to my eyes, and so I've been having sunglasses on the entire way. So it's not overly overcast, but enough that uh, you can't see the sun, but there's enough UV reflection that I need sunglasses. And when I get there, well, my brother Mike was wondering if I was going to do an episode on the road or not. I talked about him yesterday, and um, I have to say that, you know, he donated... If you go to my website, audihertz.net, you can make a donation to, uh... to my, my, my podcast here. Because right now I'm doing this with my laptop and a headset. And I know it doesn't sound very well, but it'd be really, really great if I could do more improved podcasts. I'd love to buy a better iPod and, uh, maybe, you know, do some, uh... It would be great if I could do some little interviews or some mobile podcasts from, from Gabe's. Um, when I saw the Appleseed cast, it would have been great because I talked to those guys and uh, chit-chatted with them a little bit and talked to them about podcasting, but they didn't know what's going on. I'd love to be able to, to do some more mobile stuff. Um, so that's, that's what those donations are going to go towards. It's not going to go towards you know feeding me. It's going to go towards uh, making this podcast bigger, better, and... Uh, so, if you'd like to make a donation, I'd greatly appreciate it. It's a PayPal donation jar or whatever. And Mike, my brother, was one of the first ones to do that. Very much appreciated. Very much thanked for... Full, for blah. Mouth is getting dry. I'm totally out of liquids. Um, so, yes, you can do that. You can also send me your emails. Send me your audio comments. Send me your songs of the bands and their music. Uh, that you'd like to play. I'd love to play more independent bands, more stuff like that. Uh, RadioZoom at gmail.com. 
That would be completely and totally awesome. We are approaching the 33-minute mark. Good Lord! All right. So let's go ahead and uh, end this here a little bit. And maybe I'll do this in... I'll do some classical style here. Let's go ahead and crank this up. It's been another wonderful addition. I'll take it out a little bit with some Interpol with what's left in this song. So we'll check you later. And adios.